Are you working your tail off in your coaching business, but you feel stuck not moving ahead? If so, stick around with me for the next few minutes because I'm going to reveal the five mistakes you might be making that can be keeping you stuck. Hey, welcome to the Healthpreneur Show. I'm Uriel Kame, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. You are listening to this because you are a health professional or coach who is committed and driven to growing a successful virtual practice or coaching business online. In these episodes, I'm going to give you the best of the best when it comes to marketing, sales, mindset, business, growth in general to help you achieve those goals. So without any further ado, let's dive right in. And today, I want to share this with you because the reality is if you get this figured out, if you don't make these mistakes, your business will move forward with more flow, more momentum, more ease. You'll actually get traction and results. But if you are making one or more of these mistakes, then it's going to feel like you're on a hamster wheel and eventually leading to burnout and you're going to hate your business. And I would hate for that to happen because you have amazing knowledge and magic that can help so many people's lives. I just want to help you get it out to more people. Is that cool? So let's dive into these five mistakes. And before we do, I just want to let you know that everything I'm about to share with you here, I have personally made. I'm speaking from personal experience and it's also what I see so commonly in our space. And I'm sharing this with them with you so you have awareness around them and then you can obviously course correct where needed. So let's dive in. So mistake number one is having no clear niche. I've mentioned this in so many of my videos. You're probably sick of hearing this. The reality is that if you're a generalist trying to help everyone, you'll end up helping no one. And remember, if you're in a brick and mortar practice, you you might be helping everyone because they're just falling at your lap. When you're building your business online, that's not happening. People don't know you exist. So you have to proactively market your services. And the only way to do that effectively is by speaking to one specific target market because that way your messaging is dialed in and from a cost perspective in marketing, it will make more sense than if you try to address every single condition under the sun, which is impossible. From a delivery perspective, if every single one of your clients has a different issue, do you think that's gonna be more challenging or easier to work with? Well, if you wanna scale your business and not be reliant on your time and one-on-one for everything you do, then I'm you'd want to have ideally one target market with one problem that you can solve in the same way more or less for everyone. Would that be fair to say? So essentially how to fix this issue is really just by narrowing down is by selecting a single target market. When I say a single target market, just think of it this way. Who's one person I can think of who has a condition or problem I know I have experience in solving and then going with that, right? If I only got paid after my client got a result, who would be the best client to work with? If you have no experience working with clients, then literally choose where you think you can have the most success and start there. You don't have to be married to that niche for the rest of your life, but it's also a lot easier to become the best in your space if you're known for something as opposed to being a generalist. Because think about your own life. Like how how often do you want a generalist to come into your world? If you have a leak on the roof, you call in a general contractor or the roofer. If you have a leak in the pipes, you call in a plumber? Yeah. If you have a problem with your teeth, are you going to the doctor or the dentist? And if you do go to the doctor, are you gonna go see a general practitioner? Or do you wanna see a specialist if you have a specific issue, right? We all wanna work with a specialist. So step number one to avoid the mistake is to specialize and understand the riches are in the niches. The second mistake is pervasive in any service-based business, which is trading time for money. If you've watched our Perfect Client Pipeline Masterclass, you'll have a better sense of this. If you haven't, the link is in the description below. But I talk about the fact that you will run into a capacity ceiling and you might already be there. And the capacity ceiling is essentially how much money you can make based on how many clients you can serve. And eventually you hit this point where 
you can't go beyond that. And that means there's a lot of lost revenue and there's a lot of lost impacts that you could have made otherwise if you had a better model. The reality is I've been now coaching for almost well, more than 20 years online for 18 and specifically for entrepreneurs in our space over the past seven. And I don't, I can't really tell you if there's been a single situation where one-on-one -on -one coaching, one-on-one -on -one trading time for money has ever produced better results than a more leveraged group community-based program. And if you're thinking to yourself, Yuri, that's fucking bullshit. I don't agree with you. That's fine. By all means, you can stay with that story if that serves you. But I'm just here to tell you that there's another way of doing things that you may have no idea about. And here's the thing is that unless you know how to do this, you don't know how to do this. This is why people come to us. So we actually help them build out their dream come true system, etc. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But essentially what I want you to think about is instead of working one-on-one -on -one trading time for money where your client's results are tied to your time, it's about severing that relationship between the time and the outcome of like your time and replacing your time with your intellectual property because your intellectual property has leverage infinitely. You put something together in the form of, let's say a book, that book lives forever. If you put up a video, that video lives forever unless it's taken down. So what we help our clients with is thinking through this in the form of what we call our 3C coaching model, right? So we talked about this before. If you've seen some of my other videos, we have curriculum, which is the base. That's where everything starts. You can't build a curriculum if you have everyone under the sun with different conditions and problems you're trying to solve, right? So that goes back to point number one. But now we have a curriculum we have one target market. They're all going through the same curriculum. These are step-by-step -step tutorials and training videos and exercises your clients would do so that they could get results even if they never spoke with you. Think about it that way. That's level one. Level two is community. As you start to enroll clients, you start to build a community and people generally do better in groups than they will by themselves, right? Humans don't do very well in isolation and they thrive in communities. So that provides a lot of leverage, support. People will come initially for the content, but they will stay for your community. And third is the coaching. So this is kind of like the top piece of the cake, if you will. And notice how it's not the biggest piece because it, your coaching is valuable, but it's not the only way you can help clients. So you want to think of like how and like how could you help clients win even if they never, ever, ever spoke with you? And it's not to say that you have to do that, but if you build out a curriculum in, in such a way that over time will evolve and get better based on what clients are experiencing, where they're, you know, having trouble or sticking points, you course correct over time. The reality is that like they don't need to rely on you as much because if the business or your clients rely on you for everything, then your business is not very valuable because the more of you is required, the more of a job you actually have. And if you want location or time freedom, you have to be able to make that separation. Cool. Okay. The third mistake that is holding so many health professional coaches back from their growth is lacking a marketing system. This is huge. Listen, like you guys know that we have a pretty formulaic proven roadmap called the perfect client pipeline. It's a four-step predictable business model to bring in clients like clockwork, even if no one knows who you are. But if you don't have that or something like that, then what's the game plan? You're feverishly posting on social media. You're hoping for word of mouth. You might get some referrals here and there. You might get someone who lands on one of your posts and somehow sends you a DM, but you can't bank on that and you can't predict that. You have there's no scalability to that. We call it hope and pray. So you want to move away from hope and pray to like stable and predictable because a business should be like you should be able to forecast to some degree where things will be based on certain inputs. So 
let's just play, you know, play a scenario out. Word of mouth is amazing. Don't get me wrong. Referrals are incredible and we should all be striving to get more of them. But what's the game plan? Like, okay, so if I do a really good thing here for my clients, then they will talk to more people. What? No, like unless you actually have a formulaic way of orchestrating referrals, then it's just people haphazardly falling into your lap, right? When you have something like, by contrast, a perfect client pipeline, I can tell you down to the dollar how much money we will invest and this will lead to this many calls booked. And based on our enrollment rate, this many clients will be enrolled. And based on our cash collected, here is going to be the return on ad spend over the first 30 days. And here's what the return on ad spend looks like over the next 12 months of the client value or the client contract. That's a pretty good place to be in. Now, yeah, is it 100% accurate? No, it might be 90%, 95% good enough, but at least we can forecast. And we've we've done, if I were to show you some of our dashboards, so we have linear regression models where we can punch in all these data points and we can forecast with a very high degree of accuracy what's required on a monthly basis from an input perspective. Like let's say how much money we want to invest in ads because if we do that, based on historic data, it will produce this in the future. That's a pretty cool place to be. So if you want more predictability, if you want more stability, you have to have a better model. A lot of people we talk with or in our space talk about passive income. Well, number one, there's no such thing as passive income if it's coming from your business because you're still working for it. But I don't think we want passive income because you could be making passively a dollar a month, right? I think we'd rather have predictable income where it's like, if I want this amount of money, I can get it predictably and consistently. And that's what we help our clients do? Is it passive? Not really, but in our model, the perfect client pipeline, 90% of it is systemized and automated. So it's not like you don't even have to post on Instagram. You don't even have to have Instagram for this to work. You don't even have to have Instagram. To, like You don't even have to have a phone, right? So all I'm saying is like, whether it's the perfect client pipeline or anything else, you just need some type of predictable system to bring leads and clients in relatively predictably instead of you manually doing everything yourself. Quick little break in the show for you. Are you in our Healthpreneur Hub Facebook group? If not, I want to hook you up. I share some amazing resources in there, including free reports, videos, trainings, obviously more connection to me. And we have thousands of other health professionals and coaches who are in that group actively seeking to grow their business online. If you'd like to join us, let me hook you up with a link. It's healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash hub. That's forward slash H-U-B. Once again, that's healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash hub. Go there now, join the group, And when you're in there, just drop me a little note to welcome yourself, let us know what you're up to, and I look forward to seeing you inside, connecting with you a little more personally. And once again, that's healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash hub. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, mistake number four is not knowing your numbers. I was guilty of this for way too long uh, to the point of like not even wanting to look at my P&L statements because I was afraid of what what the numbers looked like. They were shit or I'd have to like pay a certain amount of taxes. And that was the old jury. And the the new Yuri, obviously, uh, is much more mature. And I I know my numbers very, very cleanly. I was actually talking with our accounting team and I said, like, at what point does it actually make sense to bring in like a full-time CFO? And um, our, our accountant had mentioned, he's like, you know what? Like, it depends. Like, it depends on how much 
support you need financially. Like some CEOs don't want to know anything about the numbers and therefore a CFO comes in, obviously at a, at a certain level of business, right? And it makes more sense because the CFO can control and handle a lot of the numbers and provide better reporting to make better decisions based on data. And I'm like, I never thought of it that way. That's a good point because I'm not saying I'm not going to hire a CFO. I'm just saying I feel at least now compared to 10 years ago, I have a very, very good handle to with a large degree of certainty about what the metrics look like in our business and how we can how we can fix the constraints in the business based on that. Because I don't know if I've talked a lot about it, about this in our videos, but one of the most important things that I do with our clients on a weekly basis is I'm looking at their numbers. We have a critical numbers tracking sheet that all of our clients get and it tracks their whole pipeline and the metrics. There's 11 metrics. Uh, three or four of them are the real big ones. And we help them look at those metrics and help them identify based on those numbers where the core constraint is in the business. So if I were to ask you, where is the core constraints in your business? You might say, I don't even know what that means. Or you might say, well, I think it's this. And if you say, I think it's this, I might say, well, where's the data to support that? And you might say, here it is, which is great. Or you might say, I don't know. So think of the constraint as the kink in the hose. Now with a hose, you can see the kink, right? So there's the kink. I can undo the kink and the water will flow through. That's the constraint. In your business, let's say that constraint is... I don't have enough discovery calls booked. Now, is that the constraint or is that the is that the the symptom or the problem or the the result of the constraints? And it depends on your business model, right? Like as an example, if you're running paid traffic like ads on social media and you're not getting enough calls booked, because I hear this all the time from our clients. Hey, like uh, I launched my pipeline, I don't have any calls booked. So I'm like, cool. Thanks for letting me know. Let's have a look at your critical numbers. We pull it up on the screen. Oh, you spend fifty dollars. Great, end of conversation. You have 10 leads, and based on the lead to call book ratio of what we're looking for, mathematically, how many calls do you think you can possibly have at this point? Huh, I never thought of it that way. Exactly. So you have to become very astute with your numbers and metrics because if you don't, what's gonna happen is you're gonna make decisions based on emotion, and that's gonna fuck up your business. Okay. It's fine to feel your way through life to some degree, but when it comes to business, you have to make decisions based on data. I'm not saying you have to become a robot, but you have to move away from the, I feel this is right for me because I'm telling you this, I've made so many bad decisions in my life business-wise because of how I felt. I'm like, I really want to do this thing and I think it's part of my calling and then it's shit and it doesn't work out. And I completely forget the fundamentals of really looking at the mechanics of the business from a data perspective. Did I even ask people if they wanted this, etc.? So knowing your numbers is really, really important. And obviously there's a couple really important ones, right? Like your cost to acquire clients, lifetime value. Those are some big basic ones. But even if you're running ads, cost per lead, cost per call booked, right? Return on ad spend. Like if you don't know these numbers or if you're tracking them improperly, especially with all the Facebook iOS 14.5 updates that started two years ago, if you if you don't have server-side tracking and proper attribution set up, my God, you've been spending so much money unnecessarily. And if you're like, Dory, what are you talking about? Exactly. Okay. Okay. So mistake number five is poor client retention. If there's one area of your business as you grow, and when I say as you grow, I'm not talking about from two to $5,000 a month. I'm talking as you grow into the millions of dollars, the most important thing to obsess over is client retention. Because when you enroll, let's say a hundred clients, let's just say you were to enroll a hundred clients a month and your churn rate is the number of clients or the percentage of clients you lose 
on a monthly basis relative to how many you started, if that's 10%, that's 10 clients gone, okay? So if you had 100 to start and you lose 10, that's a churn rate of 10% on a month to month basis. If you kept that going, you would lose uh, pretty much all of your clients in the space of seven months, right? The rule of 72, 72 divided by the percentage of change, 72 divided by 10 is 7.2, 7.2 months in your business is goes from 100 clients to zero, okay? They're just simple math. However, another way of thinking about this is if you lost 10 clients a month, you would have to acquire more than 10 clients a month to stay level. Now, it's a lot easier to retain clients than it is to acquire new ones. So if you had a business that had a 25% churn rate month after month and you had 100 clients to start, you lose 25 clients, you have to have the world's best marketing system to acquire more than 25 clients a month. And that's no easy feat. Let me tell you this, okay? So it's a lot easier to retain clients than it is to find new ones. I'm not saying you have to do one or the other. You have to do both. But what I am suggesting is as your business scales, it's very, very important to focus on an amazing product, an amazing service, an amazing client experience to retain more of those clients. And the way I look at this is like, if the client's getting value and results and we're enjoying working together, why would we ever stop, right? It's like, I don't want my clients to ever leave me. Now, do they? Yeah, for sure. Some clients don't get the results that they were hoping for. And for us, that's the thing that keeps us up at night, right? Because I want every single one of our clients to win, just like you do. Does every single client win to the level that they would want to or that we want to in a certain time frame? No, that's just the reality of the situation, right? But that doesn't mean that we accept that. So how do we fix the situation? We obsess about fixing whatever needs to be fixed. But I'm not suggesting any of this happens before you launch. Like you don't worry about scale before you've made your first sale. So many health professionals hold themselves back because they want to get everything perfect before they launch. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like you'll never get everything perfect because you have no feedback from the marketplace. Enroll clients, work with them, see where they're dropping off, see what they don't like, see where they're getting stuck. Then you have a conversation with them. Hey, Deborah, I understand that we're not going to continue working together and I just want to take full responsibility for that. I would love to know from you, what specifically could I do better so that this doesn't happen again? And you just get Deborah to give you feedback. Well, I think this could be different. And again, there's a certain level of discernment, like some people could be a little bit nutty, but generally they'll give you good feedback to be like, you know what? This has to be cleaner. This is too complicated. And that's how you make your thing better over time. That's how you improve client retention and or ascension. It really comes down to the results and the relationship. You could have an amazing relationship with your clients, but if they don't see results, they're gonzo. I remember when I was playing soccer at the University of Toronto, uh, we had two, two buddies of mine who were in uh, medical school at the time. And we had this conversation on one of the road trips. And the conversation was this. If you had a life-threatening uh, condition and you had two choices, you had the doctor who was an asshole, but amazing at what they did. They, like, they would get you the outcome. Or you had a doctor who was okay, but had really good bedside manner, which one would you want, right? Interesting question. So we had an interesting debate about this, but I think ultimately, fundamentally, people want the results, right? Your clients are paying you because they have a problem they want solved. If you can't help them solve the problem, you're not going to be in business very long. It doesn't matter how nice of a person you are or how beautiful the relationships you have with them is. So first and foremost is what has to be improved over time to make your program epic so that you solve for the last person that no one gets left behind. And that's hard to do. I'm telling you from in the trenches, this is stuff like I'm literally the chief 
product officer of our company. It's the one hat I wear probably the proudest and the one thing I don't think I will hand off, to be honest. Because for me at this stage of the game, it's like I, I consider myself like Walt Disney. I'm like, how do I create the most epic, epic experience for our clients? And is it perfect? No. Will it ever be perfect? Never. But I promise you this, and I tell our clients this, it will continually getting it will continue to get better because I'm relentless. Could I make that video shorter? Could we re-record this so it's a little bit nicer to look at? Um, can we make this more to the point? Like, this is the stuff I obsess about that maybe you don't see all the time. All the time because I see where clients get stuck. I see where they win. I re-review how we're training our clients. Like if they don't get this, that's our fault, not their fault. How do we make it clearer? But I, I, I tell you this, I didn't focus on that level of obsession on day one. Day one was I have a plan. I'm good enough as it is. Our clients will get amazing results the way it is. Let's just get people in. Acquisition, marketing and sales, marketing and sales, marketing and sales. But when you cross like eight figures, for me at least, it's a different conversation, right? A lot of that stuff is now handed off on the front ends and I can really focus on like the small, tiny details because over time, the best product wins. Initially, the best known product wins. I'll give you an example of this. So I ordered a pair of headphones the other day for swimming. I'm like, I would love, I don't really enjoy swimming that much. I'm like, hey, if I could listen to a podcast or an audiobook or something inspiring while I'm swimming, maybe I'll make the time go faster. So I looked online, I'm like, swimming headphones. And this one company came up and I'll keep them anonymous because I don't like throwing people under the bus. And on the website, it shows a person swimming in a swimming pool with these headphones on, right? Earbuds, Bluetooth, the whole bit. I'm like, that's amazing. I did a little bit of due diligence, probably not enough. And then I ordered them. And then they came yesterday and I went for a swim. I was so pumped. I'm like, nice. I just had a killer workout. I want to dive in the pool and go for a couple laps. Put them on, get in the water, got the music going on. And as soon as I hit the water, they stop working. I'm like, what the fuck? And right away, I'm like, I will never order anything from this company ever again. And that's unfortunate because that's not the best products. And that company, unfortunately, even the sound quality outside of water, I was like, this is terrible. Like I would rather just wear my AirPods. So in the grand scheme of things, the best product wins, but initially it's the best known product. You have to get it going. But again, the assumption here is that you're amazing what you're doing. You're not selling earbuds that don't work in water, even though they say they do. So I just want to share this story with you. So you don't put the cart before the horse. Like you have to get the horse going. You got to get the momentum. You got to make sales. You got to get clients in and you are good enough as you are, assuming you've helped people before to work with them, even if it starts by working with them one-on-one. -on -one. And then you can build out your curriculum and your program over time and then have more leverage as you go. So again, those are the five mistakes I have noticed that hold so many coaches and health pros back from their growth. I'd love to know from you in the comments below which one of those most hits home for you. There's no right or wrong answer, but I'd just love to know from you, obviously being a loyal subscriber. And if you're not, hit subscribe. I really appreciate it. Tons of other stuff coming your way to help you grow an amazing business. Let me know in the comments below and I look forward to seeing you in the next video, which will pop up right there. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me in today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have, here's what I'd love for you to do next, is if you're not already subscribed to The Health Burner Show, go ahead and hit that button wherever you're listening to this to make sure you do not miss a single episode coming your way. And while you're at it, why not leave a rating or review? It would mean a lot to me. And here's why. Because I lay in bed awake at night wondering, are you enjoying this show? Do you get a lot of value out of this? And I never really know 
until I hear from you. All kidding aside, I would really appreciate a rating review because as you know, the more people know about this show, the more people we can help and your ratings and reviews make a huge difference. So thanks for hanging out with me once again and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.